You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle. And today's guest is rather special. Actually, he's pretty famous because uh, when we did our background research before we invited him, we find that he is the creator of something called the Happiness Hall of Fame. He has so much talent in the world of, shall we say, happiness. Um, which is very, very unusual for his background. But we'll let him explain and welcome Mike Duffy to the show today. Well, it's it's such a pleasure to be on, Chris and Susan. Um, I, you know, I it, it's a joy to be with wonderful, sunny people like yourselves. <laughs> and I applaud you for bringing such great knowledge to the people. Oh, thank, thank you. you. We really appreciate that. It's something we decided that we would add to what we do. We've been um, online entrepreneurs for over a decade now, but when the pandemic hit in particular, we had to find a different way to reach our audience. We couldn't see them by traveling. We weren't allowed. So we were doing a lot more of stuff like this on Zoom, meeting our clients on Zoom, doing presentations. We thought, you know, let's have a podcast where people can actually get some value during the time that they're locked down. And it's just gone from strength to strength. So thank you for that. Thank you. So our big question for you today, bearing in mind our audience and our tribe are people uh, usually 50 plus from a skilled or or, um, professional background um, looking to perhaps build a side hustle, um, maybe call it that, in their retirement years. Um, Could we ask you this very pertinent question, which is, We have read that one of the greatest threats to financial security in retirement is a lack of income to take them through to the end of their years. I know this is your background. I am sure you can bring some happiness to this question. (laughs) Well, you have to start when you're younger to save, right? You you have to, the, the best thing that you can do throughout your life is to spend less than you make, right? So you have, to, you have to have a budget. I know budgets aren't fun, but you have to add up on a piece of paper where your outflows are and then match that to your inflows. And then that difference is your expendable uh, source of retirement income. And if you don't have that, then it's time to go back to work, right? Yeah. But this is the, this is the fun thing. You can choose now where you want to work, right? With all of your talents and all of the skills that you have amassed throughout your career, you can choose to what you want to do. And thanks to the internet, now you can do things that you can be your own entrepreneur, right? And and do things that really interest you. You know, maybe maybe it's something like, for example, We've all been taking pictures on our phones now for the last 15, 20 years. Nobody is putting those pictures up. It's all on our phones, right? So what about starting a business where, you know, if you really love people, 
getting all of those old computers that are locked away in drawers for safekeeping and finding all the photos, charging by the hour, and then, you know, sitting down with the client and saying, you know, from what I looked at, these are the cutest photos, or these are the most heartwarming photos. What do you like? Okay, let's print it. And, and say to the client, we're going to spend, you know, five to six hours on this project, maybe 12 hours on this project. And we're going to take all of those wonderful memories and put them on your walls. Doesn't that sound like fun? Wow. Do you know, my mom would love you. Do you fancy coming over here? And doing <laughs> she keeps on and on at us about, do you think, because we bought her one of these um, portals. Electronic. Electronic portals, because yeah. she has dementia. Mm -hmm. um, so she's, she's, she's at home most of the time. So all of us in the family have access to this and we can upload our photos to her portal. And oh. she absolutely loves it. But she keeps saying... Chris, she says to him, because he looks after her computer, do you think you can get all of those photos off my computer for me and put them on there so I can see them? And, like, we just keep avoiding that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what but, a great idea. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, you don't have to ask anybody's permission to do this, you know, and, you know, this is, you're really helping people and you can pay a nice wage and you go from happy house to happy house. It's a beautiful thing. So my, my recommendation is don't be afraid. I'm going to say three very powerful words that can change everybody's life. Those words are, what if I? And then let your mind be open. Close your eyes and repeat that over and over. What if I? You know what the problem is. And you ask yourself, what if I, and then you let your mind get quiet. And over time, wonderful ideas will come into you, right? And then write down those ideas and you'll find your purpose because we all need to live on purpose. And most of us have multiple purposes. One of the things I'm famous for is my happiness formula. And that's P plus P equals H, purpose, plus progress equals happiness. I like that. I like that, that's brilliant. Right? So take out a piece of paper or take out your phone, write down the purposes of your life. So I did this exercise 10 years ago and I wrote down, be a great husband to my wife. I can see you guys have a great marriage. It just, it just bounces off the screen, right? <laughs> that's what I have with my wife. We're soulmates, I was very blessed. And then below that, be a great father to my two kids. And then below that, be a great financial advisor to my clients. And then under progress, I wrote for, for my wife, I wrote date night is every Saturday night because it's much cheaper to hire a babysitter than it is a divorce attorney. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You said you'd make us laugh. <laughs> no. so, so I would, I was in charge of a stable of babysitters because, you know, sometimes they come and go or, hey, I can't make it. And I always had an ace in the hole. If somebody dropped out, even if it was 15 minutes before they're supposed to come over. I had a lady down the street who was elderly and she's just like, anytime you need backup. So we knew that every Saturday night at 530, we were going to go out to see a movie, uh, have a nice dinner, whatever my wife wanted to do. You see, my father 
who had a sixth grade education and was born in Dublin, Ireland. He said, Mike, at the beginning of a marriage, you butt heads and you want this, and she wants this. And eventually over the years, you become as one. You see, what you start to realize is that your wife is a part of you. You are one unit. Now, why would you want to be mean to your wife? You're only going to be mean to yourself. Would you punch yourself in the face? No. So you want to put your wife up here because the law of reciprocity states that when you are good to somebody, there is an innate human want to be good to the other person. So the more you treat her well, the more she's going to treat you well. And then it starts to stack. It's going to be a contest. Who can treat each other better? Isn't that the kind of relationship that you would want to be in? So that was every Saturday night. And I, you know what? I told my wife at the beginning of our marriage, I said, we shall never say the D word that is out the window. I said, if you ever leave me, I'm coming with you. Uh, oh my God. So, so when you remove all doubt and you say, this is the way it is, this is in stone, well, then things get very easy. And then to become a better uh, father to my kids, I wrote down, coach them everything that they play, even sports that you dislike. So, you know, I, I'm in America. We're not big soccer fans here. We're American football fans. And, you know, I, I love sports. And I, you know, in order to win sports, you have to have strategy, right? So what you, when you're dealing with six-year-olds, there is no strategy in soccer. They just follow the ball, right? It's just a mass of people following the ball. You're lucky to keep the goalie from wandering off and picking flowers, right? Very frustrating. However... After the matches, we would all go to get ice cream or pizza. And I love the joy that children can bring into a room when they're happy. And their little faces looking up with ice cream all over it, made up for all of the frustration on the field, right? So those are just a few things that I live my life by. That's lovely. So how old are your children, may we ask? So my daughter is 16. She's a junior in high school and she just made varsity golf. Wow. Which I am very excited about. Wow. And she's very excited about it. She loves it. And what's crazy is it's like having an old guy in my house because she'll look at me and she'll be like, when are we going golfing? Oh my, my gosh, this is fantastic, right? Uh, and my son is 12 and he's just the funniest guy in the whole world. So life is good. So do you like golf? Oh, I love golf. Oh, you're all right then. That's the thing. Like I, I'm a member of a country club. And, uh, and by the way, it was designed by Alistair McKenzie in 1915, the great English doctor. Or was he Scotch? I don't know. I don't but he's know. from your part of the world. <laughs> and he designed Augusta and he designed uh, Cypress Point and, and golf courses all around the world. And I tell you, when I step on that golf course, it's like it's literally walking into heaven. You see, you've got to you've got to love a sport or something to be that passionate about it now i've never played golf in my life and probably never will 
he's had a go once or twice and decided it's not for him but we're passionate about our skiing there you go you know you've got to have something like that and I think you know as we're talking about retirement although often we say the word retirement should be retired um, because it doesn't really represent what it used to back in the days in our grandparents days but you know, you should be able to do those kinds of things that you always thought that you would do more of when you gave up the career or finished the career. When you had the time. Yeah. That was the expression, wasn't it? Yeah. When you had the time. And yeah. I think, you know, from our perspective and the clients that we talked to, and we, we chatted about this briefly before we, we started the podcast, um, like, you know, the worry is for them that actually they've got to that point in their life and they realise that they probably don't have enough savings or um, funds to allow them to have those kinds of things, enjoy those kinds of, of things. I mean, I guess in your position, the clients that you talk with, you're guiding them to try and find ways to actually um have that money in their retirement would that be right yeah so i help people get to and through retirement and you know now because i'm a wealth manager i i i deal with wealthy people right um and one of the things that i talk about so it's kind of a different thing than than what we're talking about right now yeah um so i'll talk about my experience with people that are retired in in the demographic that I serve. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand the joy of giving. And it also talks about what you're talking about as well. Now, my clients can afford to give away money. However, everybody can afford to give away time. So I have a homeless outreach. So, you know, I'm the, I'm the founder of the Happiness Hall of Fame, and one of the first organizations that I wanted to induct is Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity. I couldn't, I couldn't induct Mother Teresa because she had passed away. So I said, okay, I'm going to induct the amazing organization that she started as one woman. And so I called up the local convent in San Francisco, I explained I wanted to induct them at Stanford University Faculty Club. And they said, well, let me call the head of our organization in India and let me even see if we can accept the award. So I get a phone call back a couple of weeks later. They said, we can accept the award. We can't go to Stanford, but you can come up here and you can give us the award. Wow. I was one of the few men ever led into the convent. Wow. And I took my nine-year-old daughter and I said, Kendall, I'm going to introduce you to the most amazing people on earth. These women have given their entire lives to the poor. They are poor. They, they, you know, they only survive by people like us giving them money to support their work on the street. So, you know, I have a sweet tooth, unfortunately. And I, I said, you know what? Let's give them a nice dessert. You know, I, I came up with a check too, but I said, let's give them a nice dessert. I got two dozen very fancy cupcakes. I, I said, 
So I said, Kendall, come on, you're going to meet the most amazing women. So we get in the car, we go up there and we walk in. And I said to the mother superior, I said, here, this is uh, for your nuns here. And she said, oh, our friends on the street will really love these. That sounds about right. And if you've ever had an aha moment, words that have changed your life, all of a sudden, the word friends and homeless became synonymous in my life. And from that day forward, I decided I would make friends with people on the street. So I started the Happiness Hall of Fame Homeless Outreach. And almost every day I get up and I go out and I find my friends on the street and I pray with them right there on the street and I support them. I know their names. I know the medications are, they're on. I know their intellectual disabilities. I am their friend. For most of those people, I am their only friend. Mm. And whenever they see me, they yell across the street, Mike, I'm over here, right? And when I see a homeless person running, it's almost the same as a paparazzi chasing Kim Kardashian down the street. I run down the street, my friend, my friend, they turn around like, are they talking to me? And then we become friends. So, you know, you, if you don't have a lot of money, could find what you're passionate about and, and donate your time to that. Wow. That, I mean, that is incredible. And yes, it's possible. And we, we all know, as you will know, because you inducted um, Mike Dooley from um, the Notes from the Universe. I know you inducted him into your um, Happiness Hall of Fame. And he, he says just the same thing. You know, you never know what you do, where you do it or how you do it and what will be the outcome of that. Not that you should expect any outcome, but there will be one and it will be a positive outcome for somebody somewhere in the world. And that so, so typifies what you were saying. Particularly, I love the story about Mother Teresa's convent. I'll we'll give amazing. it to the homeless. That is... Well, you know, it's, it's I truly believe in karma. What you put out there, right? Look, from, from your country of England, one of the greatest lines of rock and roll. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, right? Sergeant Peppers. So one of my favorite memories of the homeless outreach is I had been visiting with Zach, who is a modern day hunchback. He was born without the ability to stand. And in order for him to go forward, he has to drag himself by the knuckles. And I had been visiting with him for six months. And I said, Zach, what are the desires of your heart? What are your dreams? And he said, my, my dream is to meet the players of the San Francisco Giants. It's a baseball team here. I said, Zach, I think I can make that come true. I said, let me put in a call. Now I had just inducted the San Francisco Giants into the hall. They came out to the Stanford University Faculty Club with their three World Series trophies and talked about how they make people happy off the field in the community mm -hmm. through their outreach. I'm making a movie, the Giants were in the movie. So I called up the front office and I said, I'd like you to make a young man's dream come true. He wants to meet your players. And they said, not only will we make Zach's dream come true, 
but you can come for batting practice during the premier game of the season against the hated rivals, the LA Dodgers, and he's going to mm. give them great big bags of swag. So as I'm walking, you know, I went back there. I, I said, Zach, we're going up. He says, what do you mean? I said, I said, I'm going to get your wheelchair. I'm putting it in the back of my car. We're going up to make your dream come true. He's like, are you kidding? I said, no, let's get in my car. Drove up there. And as I wheeled him onto the field, he said to me, Mike, this is the greatest day of my life. And I said, Zach, this is one of the greatest days of my life. So a thousand years ago, St. Augustine said, it is in giving that we receive. And it's so true. And I know Chris and Susan, I can just read your faces. I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you're good. Absolutely. It's very, uh, really, really emotional, actually. I can't say I've been touched, touched by a, um, a podcast interview as I have <laughs> by this. When, when we talked initially about setting it up and you just said, I'm going to be really happy and I'm going to make your listeners and viewers happy. <laughs> you have in telling a story like that, that will make people really think because we're a very selfish world. We're a very driven by our own wants and needs world. And certainly we've started, to, you know, we're no different. You know, we, we have problems that we had to overcome and, that's why we help the people that we do now, because we have the skills to do that. But we've even found ourselves at that crossroads now, thinking that what we were doing, whilst it's great, it doesn't give us joy. It doesn't give us the same fulfillment that we would want it to. And it doesn't serve as well the people we want to serve. Um, so we've gone through a transition just yeah. very, very recently over the last what, six weeks, I suppose. And it's a big step for us because we're going to be working with, with people in, with a company and products that we absolutely believe in. And in fact, next month, we're actually going to do a 30 day happiness challenge. So wonderful. It's going to be amazing. Wonderful. Um, and it makes us feel good. And I really hope it makes other people feel it good. It will. Yeah. It will because, you know, you have to, this is what I preach to people. You have to wake up in the morning and you have to say, you know, you, it's a process. You have to like, basically at this point in my life, I am a seven degree black belt in happiness right? I have, it takes discipline, right? So I know every morning I wake up with a smile on my face because I know what I'm going to do, right? You, you have to put happiness in the forefront of your consciousness. I don't accept every client that walks through my door because I know that some of them, while it would pay me to help them and then thereby fund my charitable organizations, they're too much, you know, I, I only work with really kind and nice people that are themselves joyful, right? Because I, I don't want any negative energy coming back at me. And so, you know, so they're just in that little slice right there. I have happiness in the forefront of my consciousness. So by you doing this 30 day happiness challenge, it helps the folks that you're talking to reprogram their minds to look for happiness and ways to include more 
on a daily basis. So I applaud you for doing that. Thank you. No, there's going to be a whole, but there's a whole group of us. We're, we're, we're going to dominate social media. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. So we've got a movement. We've got a movement. Uh, yes, I love it. It's, that's I love what it. it's called these days, isn't it? It's the happiness yes. movement. Yes. But I think it's going to be fun. I, I just want people to, I think it's time. The pandemic has made a lot of us really look back at what we've done and what we should do it's given us a lot of retrospective thought um, particularly for us um, with our, our ski chalet just by example we had planned to retire there we we fell in we fell in love with each other through skiing mm-hmm. um, we bought a rundown old property in the French Alps and uh bizarrely enough with no experience whatsoever decided to renovate it and turn it into a luxury ski ski chalet that was our vision at the time and then we thought well when that's done and we've enjoyed running that as a business we'll retire there because it's a beautiful little village in the French countryside and we'll just have a little garden a little vegetable Mm -hmm. garden and all will be well but nobody was to predict that my poor old mum would get dementia and early onset Alzheimer's and in fact scupper those plans to a degree because we can't we can't just pack up and go because we yeah. we're her carers. We, we take have to live here. care of her and live yeah. here. But that's opened another door. And that door has actually started being filled by people who have changed what they want in life even before retirement in their career path they're going I don't want to live in a city anymore I can work from home now mm-hmm. I could actually work from a property in the French Alps and I could run it as a business mm-hmm. and because our property is up for sale now we have never had you know in the time that we've had it up for sale we have never had so many visits to consider that as an option as a lifestyle option than we have most recently and I think there's a big shift going on in the world of what people want and what's important to them now yeah money is not important not as important as it used to be interesting very interesting I completely agree with you you know I'm a silver linings guy life is like a river it goes to the left it goes to the right sometimes the river overflows its banks you know one time I talked to a priest and he goes, if you want to make God laugh, make plans. Okay. <laughs> so, so make the best of, of every situation. You know, it's not just famous people that are in my hall. There is a wonderful author and sports psychologist. His name is Kevin Eklund, and he has helped 30 different football teams win championships as a sports psychologist by changing the culture, changing the mindset. So when the Philadelphia Eagles were the dark horses to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots, nobody believed they'd ever do it. He told them, no, you can, you know, you can. And with Pittsburgh Steelers and and many college programs and stuff, you get around this guy, you're like, yeah, I can do it. But the reason why I brought him up and tied him into what you're talking about, he's got such a beautiful phrase that everybody should arm themselves with. And his phrase is, so what, now what? We wanted to have a ski chalet in France. We can't do it because of my mom. So what, now what? 
What are we going to do now? If you're in a football game or whatever, soccer game, whatever, and they're up, it looks like an insurmountable score, but the time is still left on the clock. Do you have you ever seen a professional match where they say we give up? No, they get back in there, keep going. So what? They're up. Now what? We're going to go out there and we're going to score more points. You have to have that mentality. The past is ash. You can't go back to last week. You can't go back to 10 years ago when somebody was mean to you or fired you. So what? Now what? What's ahead of us? Right? So I like the fact that you're using your brain plasticity to say, okay, things have changed. How are we going to change us? That's wonderful. Oh, Mike, thank, thank you. you. Gina, I, I just think that's a perfect place to finish this because that phrase will really, we hope, get people thinking about their next steps, regardless of their financial hardships or mm-hmm. anything else. There's always going to be another way if they look hard enough for it now i know you you've got so many places out there where people can find you what is the best let's say internet website where they can find out about your books what you do your um your your happiness hall of fame your tedx is it all in one place somewhere yeah so you just go to mikeduffyspeaks.com mikeduffyspeaks.com brilliant okay Mike, thank you so much for joining us. I do hope we can ask you back again, because I think you certainly have some more happiness stories, some uh, definitely something else that you can add for our our listeners and our, our viewers. We really so appreciate your time today. And please keep doing the things that make you happy and make everyone else in the world happy too. Well, thank you so much, Chris and Susan. I'm going to go by saying this. If you can hear the sound of my voice, understand that you are the author of the story of the rest of your life. Make that story one of great adventure, amazing giving, outrageous joy, and sustainable happiness. God bless you. Thank you you so much, Mike. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.